Good morning, New Life Manitou. Hi. My name is Erin Spurgeon. Uh, would you stand for the scripture reading, please? Today's reading is from Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Would you remain standing with me as we pray? Lord, would you open our hearts, would you open our minds this morning that we might be a willing sacrifice to you, Lord. You are good and holy and, and full of mercy. We love you, Lord. We pray in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I really enjoy preaching, and I, and I just enjoy, I don't just enjoy it, but I see it as a responsibility to take the Word of God each and every week and, and, and look at it and help us see it and, and show myself to you a sinner, but one who is pointing to Jesus and showing you that, that He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. This passage here that we're studying, Romans chapter 12, it is, I'm trying to find the right word of what Romans 12 is like. It's, it's just dense. It's full. It has lots of wisdom in Romans 12. Out of all the chapters in the New Testament, this one is probably one of the most famous, maybe the one of the most well-known. It is chock full. It is dense. My wife, as a girl, she memorized it. Um, it is wonderful. And it's, it, it opens up with these two verses about becoming a living sacrifice. And so we are going to look at that today. We are going to get into uh, this passage because it says, if we make our bodies like a living sacrifice before the Lord, then we get to, we know what the Lord's will is. Who doesn't want to know what the Lord's will is? That sounds awesome. And if we present our bodies to the Lord, we will know the will of the Lord. So let's look at this passage. If you brought your Bibles, uh, open it up. We're just in these two verses today, and we're going to go deep into these two verses. That's all we really have time for in, in this, this time, to go very deep into these two verses. So it says this, the first point this morning is, in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy, Paul's going to tell us, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Yesterday, I was uh, cutting through to get to Manitou from the north. You can cut through the Garden of the Gods. That's a little shortcut, um, but not on Saturdays. And I forgot it was a Saturday because everyone on Saturdays takes their sweet time, and they should. You know, as, as a local, you kind of get like, come on, it's not that beautiful. Stop looking at it. <laughs> But it, but it is in view of God's creation, His Majesty. The the my my son, who's Jay, he's six now. Uh, when when we, we were talking about the Garden of the Gods, he was very confused and said, "Why is it called the Garden of the Gods? Shouldn't it be called the Garden of the God? Since there's just one God?" And I was like. Yes, you are right. Let's start calling that. So anyways, I was driving through the Garden of the God yesterday, and um, 
just, just in view of God's creation, people are stopping and like, wow, holding their phones out the window. In view of, let's say, a wedding, you're at a wedding and, and someone close to you, a son or a daughter is the bride or the groom, you just start weeping with joy. Like this is awesome. In view of a wedding, you weep with joy. In, in view of a funeral or tragic news, you mourn. And in view of God's mercy, Paul says, Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Paul begins this chapter with the word, therefore, and I continuously make the joke because I think it's a really good one, but whenever you see a therefore, you should look to see what it is. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, so what is it there for? As Paul, this I'm kind of just uh, jokingly asking you, but have we ever seen, and, and these, so we've been studying the book of Romans now for 11 weeks, have we ever seen God's mercy in, in, in Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, or 11? Have we seen any of that? Yes, we have. Again and again, we see how merciful the Lord is. We see verses like, because God demonstrated his own love towards us while while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We've seen verses like the gift of God is eternal life. We've seen verses like because Abraham believed, it was credit to him as righteousness. Because the Lord is so merciful, he gives us mercy. And because we are in view of his mercy, we should offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Don't forget that point. We're gonna talk about uh, what a living sacrifice is and talk about giving things over to the Lord and, and willingly suffering, willingly being a sacrifice before the Lord, but don't forget, and we'll come back to this point at the end, that this is all because of the Lord's mercy. We don't work our way to salvation. We don't sacrifice something so that we can become better than someone else or work our way to God's favor. No, we have God's favor. We, he is merciful to us, and because of that, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. When I think of a, a sacrifice, I think of the Old Testament. I think of animal sacrifices, and uh, I'm reading through the Old Testament. A little while ago, we started in Genesis. We're in, in Deuteronomy reading it uh, with the kids. It's like their bedtime story, and they ask for it. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, read us some of Deuteronomy, Dad. And I realize that that's not normal, and so I'm, I'm going with it, and every night we read a chunk of the Old Testament, and, and they fall asleep. As, as they, That's just what they do. So um, it's a win-win-win. So Anyways, we're reading through the, the Old Testament, and it's, it's like in view of someone's uncleanliness, they have to bring a sacrifice of a bull, a ram, uh, a lamb, a dove to the Lord. In view of someone with a disease, you got to bring a sacrifice, an animal to the Lord. In view of uh, some sin or some cultural sin, you bring sacrifices to the Lord. And yet, here in this passage, Paul is saying something quite different than, than those sacrifices in the Old Testament. He's saying, in view of God's mercy, bring a sacrifice, bring your own self, bring a living sacrifice before the Lord. And I always, whenever I'm talking about the Old Testament versus the New Testament, we have to say, it's the same God, uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And we see, if you look at the Old Testament, you see that it's not the animals being sacrificed that really pleases the Lord. It is our hearts and our bodies and our worship that we bring before the Lord. Uh, one of the most famous Psalms, Psalm 51, where David repents before the Lord, he says, the sacrifice acceptable to God is a 
broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart that we bring before the Lord. So we see that's in the Old Testament. So it's not just all about the animals. I think of this story, it's a very interesting story where God tells Saul, the first king of Israel, kind of a bad guy, uh, he, he says, destroy this town, just destroy this town. They have been so wicked, I want you to destroy this town. And instead, Saul and the armies, his men go in and, and said they plunder it. They just steal and they take stuff. And they, God told them to destroy this town. They did not. They have all these animals and sheep and all these things that they, they brought out. And the prophet Samuel comes up and says, why didn't you listen to the Lord? Why didn't you do what you were supposed to do? And Saul says, I did. And then this famous line, I think it's very funny in my head at least, uh, Samuel says, well, then why is there this bleeding of sheep in my ears? Like, what are these sheep doing here if you did your job? And he gives it like a very first grade kindergarten response. He says, I, oh, th those sheep, I was going to sacrifice them to the Lord. That's for the Lord. It's like, mom, I stole this purse for you, but it's, I stole it because it, I wanted to give it to you. Like that doesn't make the situation better. Don't steal the purse. Don't do what the Lord says. And then Samuel, the prophet says to Saul, who's, who took these sheep and all these, these animals, he says, isn't it this way that the Lord delights in burnt offerings as much as he uh, delights in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. To, to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion, not listening to the Lord, is like the sin of divination. Like that's being compared here, that if, you, if you're not obedient to the Lord, that's like divination or like idolatry. And so here we are, fast forward, Romans 12. We are like the Levitical priests of our own Christian lives, bringing before the Lord, not animals, not doves or rams or lambs, but we are bringing before the Lord ourselves a living sacrifice. You know what the, the, what's hard about a living sacrifice is that living sacrifices can crawl off the altar. <laughs> we have to continually bring ourselves before the Lord. That's this image here. So let's, let's get to the next uh, point here, which is a living sacrifice. Let's talk about what this is. Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Often we don't bring our uh, bodies, uh, that, that's just not considered a very important part of church. I mean, we, we talk about worshiping the Lord with our heart. We talk about giving Jesus our heart. And, and oftentimes it's like, oh, well, we could do whatever we want with our bodies. It's, it's really all about our heart. And, and as if we could kind of separate that out, like, oh, I, I love the Lord with my heart, but I don't love the Lord with my body or my mind. It's all one thing. Deuteronomy 6.4, the great passage, the most famous passage in the the Old Testament, the Shema, it says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and then says, and you shall love the Lord with all your heart and your body, and, uh, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. I remember as a young pastor, I, I had this question that I would ask people. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, looking back, it was like, that's, that was kind of silly of me. But, but I, and I would do it like, I, I have this, you know, somebody tell me how they're doing. And then I would say, but how is your soul? As if like they were, they were talking and talking and talking. And then it's like, all of a sudden I'm asking them how their soul is doing. I remember a guy telling me like, just, he was going through a hard season of his life, wanted to meet with the, the main pastor. He was on vacation. So he got me instead. And he's telling me like, he just lost his job and his girlfriend was probably teetering on breaking 
breaking up with him anyways, and then he lost his job, so she broke up with him, and his roommate left the week before, so now he has no job, no girlfriend, and he's about to lose his apartment that he lives in because he can't make rent, and I'm just listening to the story of his, and then I had the audacity to say, but how is your soul? And he looked at me like, are you stupid or something? Like, I just told you, like, this whole conversation is, like, how I'm doing, and it's, it's, I think it's funny how we can, like, like, oh, I, I love you with my heart, but I don't love you with my strength. Imagine my wife coming home. My wife's here, red hair in the front, and she, she usually does the grocery shopping. She'll come home, and, and she'll come home with a trunk full of groceries, and the least I could do is, is go help the groceries, right? You go get the groceries, bring them in, and, and what if she got home and said, hey, can, can you help me? I, I got the groceries, and I, instead I said, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm busy on my lap. I'm doing some, we call it laptopping at home, like when we're just watching YouTube videos and Facebook and just wasting time on the internet. Ah, no, I'm doing some laptopping. He's like, I need your help. It's like, I'm laptopping. It's like, well, stuff's gonna melt. You know, we need to put stuff in the freezer. It's like, ah, I'm laptopping. And and she's like, don't you love me? And and my response would be, of course I love you, but I love you more than with my body and my strength. I love you with my heart. Isn't that so much better than than doing these acts of? Isn't this better? She would say, get your fanny off the couch and help me with the groceries. I think uh, the church world, and, and I'm guilty of, of this and, and maybe talking about this, that, that our heart is, so, you know, we love God with our heart, but what about our bodies? What about our strength? What about our day-to-day experiences? The Christian walk should not just be this high and by kind of thing. We come in and, and we worship God with just our heart, but then there's no application with our life. Paul is saying this walk with the Christian life is a physical act. One of the reasons why we do communion, for instance, and, and the way we do it is, is at the end of this service, we'll do it as well. We stand up, we come forward, a physical act of coming before the altar and seeing the cross as you're walking down, this physical act of being handed the elements and then taking them into our own bodies, a very physical act. The reason why we do, uh, we, we pass buckets is a physical act of worship. When we give, we give to the Lord a sacrifice. And sometimes I think about the offerings that were in the Old Testament compared to today. Like we, with our money, I know I'm, I'm like this. I, I want to see my money going to certain causes and being used. Like, oh, I want to see this dollar amount going to this thing. And in the Old Testament, it was like, just sacrifice it. Just give it to the Lord. Take this, this ram or this cow and, and, and take it and just kill it and then burn the whole thing up and the Levites get this tiny little portion of meat. It's like how wasteful in, in my own thinking, but, but how, uh, how much of a gift to the Lord when we give him something and then it's just given to him and he can do what he wants with it. I think about giving to the church and, and trusting the church that the church is using the, the money very wisely and, and, and praise the Lord for that. But when we give, we just give it to the Lord. Lord, your will be done. Your kingdom come. The next point here is the pattern of this world. Paul says there's a pattern of this world. Don't get into that. Don't conform to it, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't give into the pattern of this world. Is anybody else a little concerned about the patterns of this world? I mean, we look, you watch the news, and you're like, what in the, what, is this really what people are doing? Is this really the, you know, we think about politics and government and, and just things going on. It's like, is this really the pattern of this world? Well, don't conform 
conform to that. You know, I think the pattern of this world is, is such that, um, you know, of course, we, we eat food, we have to eat food, but then our, the patterns of this world are like, well, we want it right now. Like, why is, why is this McDonald's taking like five minutes? Like five minutes, what are we doing? What are they doing back there? Like, we just demand it now, and we demand, oh, we, we can't just eat any old food. We have to have good food, and we, we as Americans are, are just overweight and obese. It's like two-thirds of the American population. There's nothing wrong with uh, communication, but then there's so many people who are completely addicted to their phones or to uh, their, their, their computers and, and checking these things nonstop. Of course, there's nothing wrong with, with shopping, but how many people are impulsively shopping and going into debt, and we just look at the, the state of this world, the pattern of this world, I think is now, and probably always has been, it just shows its head in different ways. The tentacles of, of sin get on us as a culture in different ways, maybe than in times past, but it's called hedonism. Like, we live for ourselves. We are always seeking pleasure. That is the human condition. That's what we do. We want to do that. And here Paul is saying, take all that and and actually live your life as a sacrifice. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, suffering for others. And I, I think about like what I say to my kids sometimes. So like they're leaving, they're going off to school or something. And I'll say, see ya, goodbye. And then what do I say? I say, have fun, like my parting advice. And I'm guilty of this every day. I think about it. I think, have fun. Like that's my advice as <laughs> for these little kids. Have fun, have fun, go have, that's the thing. It's like, instead I should be saying, and I, I probably won't do this, but instead I was like, go, you know, see you later. Go offer your bodies as a living, see how much you can willingly suffer in this world for the cause of God. Go do that. <laughs> but it's, it's in our culture, right? Like that's what we say. It's just like, oh, have fun. And like the kids downstairs, they're down there right now. I kind of hear them right now. They'll, they'll come up and if you have kids, you're like, their first question, and I'm guilty. I'm saying this because I'm the one who says this. Uh, my first thing is like, well, did you have fun down there? And it's like, no, I didn't really have fun. And if, as if that's like, oh, well, you should just be having fun down there. And, and by the way, they have some fun down there, but they, they go through lessons. They're studying scripture. They have a whole five minutes, five minutes of silence, or is it more than that? I mean, for like little kids, five minutes of, okay, now after this lesson, let's take five minutes and be quiet and reflect on this. Is that fun for a kid? No, that's horrible. That's a sacrifice for a kid to have five minutes of quiet and to think about it. But that's what they're doing down there. It's, it's this life that we live. We, we're being told here in this pat, passage, don't conform to the pattern of this world. of just always seeking more and getting more and more, but be transformed. The Greek word there is the, the I forget how to pronounce it. It's a metamorphosis. Like the, be transformed like, like this little centipede uh, caterpillar thing. Be transformed like a, like a caterpillar caterpillar is transformed to a beautiful butterfly and you will do that you your mind will be transformed when your body is offered again and again willingly as a sacrifice i think about someone in in church history who who kind of got this idea 
and, and started writing about it and wrote some pretty wild things. Uh, looking back at the time, just type in uh, quotes or sayings of Maximus the Confessor, this guy that lived in the 600s, and he took things and said things that were like, I guess that's true, but man, is that convicting? He says things like, uh, the, the love of the Lord should be you know, your, your most expressed love. He said things like, a pure soul is one freed from the passions and the passions he talks about, like just taking and, and feeding on things and, and, and devouring everything that we can. Like be free from the passions and constantly de- delight in the divine love. He says that self-love, like when we love ourselves, that is the first sin, the mother of all sins, to like always just be thinking about ourselves and how we can you know, feed our body and feed our eyes and feed ourselves, the, the just taking from life. Like that's what we should not be doing. We should be offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. He says this, um, I had this thought about prayer, like on Tuesday nights we pray for an hour and I think about like if I was honest, like how much of that prayer meeting, like I, my thoughts are just distracted. I, I've come here, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm standing to pray to the Lord and how much of that time is spent distract thinking about something else? Well, Maximus says, if you really love the Lord more than any created thing, then you shouldn't be distracted in prayer because that's saying that you love that created thing more than God. And I was like, ooh, that's, that hurts. Like, that's a painful quote thinking in my life. Like, oh, do I not love the Lord? I, I do love the Lord. Can I sacrifice more and more and more to the Lord so that I can have a new mind? And by the way, to remind us here, I'll remind us later, but this is all based upon the mercy of the Lord. We, we don't sacrifice to God to earn salvation, to, to make ourselves better than other people, to make ourselves, no, we, we just, we, we offer our bodies as sacrifices because the Lord loves us and we are in view of his mercy. So this last point here, what we get in return is God's will. This last point is just simply God's will. Meditate on this. I'm going to reread these two verses for us. Consider it. Put, put, put this whole package together in your mind and with your heart and, and, and with your body. It says this, Romans 12:1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, his perfect will. And don't you want that? Don't you want to know what the Lord's will is for your life, for yourself? I think about uh, for years and years, for 10 years, uh, a little bit more, I was a college pastor at New Life North. And so many people would, would want to meet with me or a pastor and just say, you know, I really want to know what the Lord's will is. A, a person in their early 20s is looking at their life and is like, oh, which person should I begin dating? Because I'll probably end up marrying them. Which school should I go to? Which major should I major in? If I go to college, or which job should I take? That's going to set a course for my life. Like it's a very... 
stressful time for many early 20s, uh, people in their 20s were like, what is the Lord's will? And as I learned and grew as a pastor, I, I, would, I would talk about things like, well, what's your daily routine? What's your daily rhythm? And I would help people with a spiritual walk and a spiritual formation and just kind of looking at life, like how are you spending your time? What are you doing? Are you in some way finding ways to present yourself as a sacrifice to the Lord? Because if you do that, if you do that in these different areas of your life, if you sacrifice who you are and and what you're about and what you want for the Lord, well then you're going to be able to test and approve what God's will is. And there's so much freedom in that. There's so much goodness and hope in in knowing that God is merciful. This passage starts off with that. That in view of God's mercy, we would offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. We don't do, we don't sacrifice of ourselves. We don't say no to these passions. We don't say no to these pleasures in order to, to to earn our salvation before the Lord. We, we have been given salvation because we believe that's again and again in the book of Romans. And in view of that, offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Would you quiet your heart? This, these, these words here are very, very dense words. These words have the power to, to change our lives, to, to know the will of God. So God, we, we pray to you, we, we offer this time to you, we offer our bodies as a sacrifice to you. Lord, you are so good and you are so holy. And Lord, we, we present ourselves to you as, as a sacrifice and that's our true worship, Lord. And it's, it's something we hope you will accept because Lord, we've all fallen short. Lord, we, we are all in need of your salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn your salvation. It's something you willingly on the cross died for us. And that act is so good. It's so merciful. And in view of your mercy, Lord, we present ourselves to you and say, Lord, cover us, cl- clean us, Lord. We offer a sacrifice to you that you would make us holy because of what you have done on the cross and who you are. So, Lord, we praise you and thank you this morning. And everybody said, amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to say together a, a prayer in unison. It's, uh, I hope by doing this, we, we do this almost every week, and we often use this prayer, that it won't become this rote thing that you're just saying, but this would be a continuation of prayer and worship, that as we say these words together, we are offering them to the Lord, and it's it. It's, it starts off with, God, you are the most merciful God. And so in view of that, let's pray these words. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought and word and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen.